Hello and welcome to the Casual Coders Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Ian, Alex, and Chandler, and we have a bunch of cool topics to talk about today. Let's get right into them. All Ian, right. what's yeah, the first we're, topic? We're ragging on Linus for the video that he recently released. Oh no, released. we're starting with hate. Yeah, oh, we're starting gosh. with hate. Oh, woo, Getting heated. Hate. <laughs> Just to let you know, Linus, I'm not affiliated with him. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, as a whole, I really like Linus Tech Tips. I would say they're huge no, and positive. You, well, I, I, I will say I hate you for your Linux videos. Your next video sucked, but everything else is great. I think that they have different like target audiences, you know? Like in order to watch like Gamers Nexus, you really need to be in like PC parts components versus I mean, yeah, but you also gotta be more pro consumer, I think. I don't know. Linus is a little bit more mainstream, I it's think. It's a little more Linus mainstream than, than, than Gamers Steve. Nexus. Yeah. But I still yeah. watch both. So I'll watch both, yeah. All right, but I want to rag on Linus for his uh, his reselling battery videos. <laughs> oh, Not, Not reselling, selling, re, re, but recycling. Selling, like replacing the lithium cells oh, okay. inside of batteries. Ah, sell, like C E L L. Uh, yeah, C E L L. They really have a lipo on the table. That's why we're not lipo, it's lipo. Yes, it's a lipo. Is it a lipo? Is it really? Oh. Yes, it's a lithium polymer pack. No way. Yeah. Cool. These things carry a ton of energy. Yeah, so, they do. So, lithium they, polymer is a battery, right? And yeah, lithium polymer is a battery chemistry. It's and very highly energy dense and uses some, well, less than great or materials for the environment, i.e. lithium and occasionally cobalt and some other things like that. I'm under the impression that those chemicals by themselves don't actually cause an issue. It's just when you package them in such a way that uh, they interact with each other to separate those chemicals back out. Yeah, it's there's rough. some stuff inside of there. If you have a whole ton of them really compressed together as they discharge energy, that energy that they have inside of them... Um, it keeps coming out, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you set a whole cluster of batteries, like a Tesla, on fire, it will be a self-sustaining like, yes. fire. So a Tesla uses 18650 cells. Yes, um, that is correct. But they use 7,000 18650 <laughs> What is the battery chemistry of a 18650 cell? They're probably With different. Ion, it's there are slightly different, I think. Think. I don't recall the exact differences. It's basically the same, just a different form factor. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to like do a comparison between them because I think the biggest um, difference is, is the like... The biggest difference is going to be your current output because these are square flat cells. Um, so it's a bunch of layers on top of each other of uh, material. Uh, whereas an 18650 cell is one big roll. So what you get with the 18650 cell is a higher energy density, but a lower energy mobility is maybe the best way to put that. This little battery right here is the size of, I don't know, two, maybe three 18650 cells. Um, but it's six lithium polymer cells, um, a much lower capacity, but it'll discharge 100 amps easily, just at the snap of my fingers if I short that battery together. Continuous or, or peak? Uh, that is semi-continuous. Because uh, continuous be, means it can sustain it like forever, right? It'll be Versus continuous at like around 60 to 80 amps. Um, it should peak somewhere around 120, 140 amps. Yeah, as long as it's like um, a very short amount of time. because And that's at 24 volts. Because I think when it's peaking, what's happening is, uh, well, in addition to all that energy leaving the battery, is it heats up rapidly. That is correct, And yes. it's the heat that destroys the cells themselves. When these come off of quads, if we're flying pretty aggressively, they'll be nice and warm. Nice toasty. You can just heat up your war your hands in the winter. <laughs> yeah, because you're, uh, you're outside out. in the cold flying. Yeah, drone. right, exactly. Because you're but at 100 discharging <laughs> that energy, I mean, very rapidly, right? This mm -hmm. is a 1,300 milliamp hour battery at 25 volts. 1,300 ma. Yeah. So at 1.3 <laughs> amps, it would last an hour? Yeah, 1.3 amps, it lasts an hour, but at the rates that we're discharging them, they last 
five minutes on a quad. So for <laughs> all you so, non-electrical engineers, it's a lot of energy in a very small package. A lot of energy in a very small package being discharged oh. very quickly. But what does Linus have to do with this? Well, Linus <laughs> reselled his battery. Linus, yes. uh, Linus, also known as Linus Tech Tip Sebastian. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Recently published a video where they took apart some old camera batteries to pull the old, dead, bad, used 18650 cells out of them and tried to replace them. For his red camera, I think. Yeah, for a red camera. For a camera where the batteries were like eight or $900 a pack. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Where it sort of makes sense to do something like that, yeah. right? And the way you make a pack of 18650 cells is by taking nickel strips and welding the batteries together. So for the big battery, it was a red camera battery. They had, I don't know, maybe 20 cells all together in there. Um, and you could look at it, and it was one large bank of parallel cells, maybe 12, I think, um, and one smaller bank of a couple series cells. So the difference between parallel is in parallel, you're adding capacity, but the voltage stays the same. In series, you're adding the voltage, but the capacity stays the same. In parallel, you'll get higher current. Um, and in series, you'll get the same current at a higher voltage. Um, if you so break it down speak, to watts. <laughs> parallel means lasts longer, and series means... It produces more energy. No, it's the same it can, either way. It it's can, the same watt hours. Yeah, it is the same capacity. I guess it's, it's just what It's what the same overall capacity. It's just a different voltage okay. and current. Yeah, yeah, but if you have one pack, let's say, and it'll last an hour, mm -hmm. if you put two of those same packs in parallel... Um, it will last... last Twice yeah. as long. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I guess that was my main point. But if you have eight batteries and you put them all in parallel mm -hmm. and you put eight batteries in series, yeah, both overall the same amount of energy. However, yeah. they can disperse a different amount of energy at different time frames. So one battery, which would be the parallel one, I think, would be for a long amount, a long, a, a lot of energy over a long period of time, while the ones in series would be for a. Or I think you're, backwards. you're backwards. I'm parallel, backwards. Parallel lets you take the current from I all like the batteries code. at the same time. Not <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I'm the like hardware electrical -y sort of guy. Is there and an I do analogy and code? Both. How do we turn this into software? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Can you repeat that to me in JavaScript, please? It's like a recursive <laughs> function. <laughs> let's return back to this though. So they're taking their welder and they're welding these batteries together. A welder is a very low voltage, but super high current because you have to push a bunch of current into a metal to melt it together. Um, it's and it welder. sparks a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh man, terrifying. But as long as all of your contacts are correct and not shorted, you don't have an issue with the spark. So there was just a whole ton of freaking out pointlessly. Oh man, take my batteries, weld. Oh my God, a spark, quick. Throw it in the bucket of sand! Oh my god, it's gonna catch fire! So as somebody who's who knows absolutely nothing about this whole escapade, uh-huh, that's what everyone was concerned about is somebody spot welding a battery? That's what he freaked out at. And the batteries like the weren't whole... the batteries weren't punctured, it was just a little bit of spark. No, from a it was spot a little welder. bit of spark have, from a spot welder. Have they ever ordered a battery from a Chinese manufacturer that literally does this in a factory? They spot weld contacts on a batteries? I mean, that's... yeah, like most batteries are spot welded. Right. Because you'd never solder on a battery never... because that's a lot of heat. I do it. Don't do it. I do it. <laughs> don't do it. I, I do it. I've seen Disclaimer, Ian do it, and when he it. says he does it, the amount of heat he, he does it, he literally does it like, boop. Like I he mean, barely I'm good touches at soldering, it, so yeah, he, right. he does it correctly. I mean, there's a reason okay. it's called it spot welding. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Very, very short burst of energy in the battery. I see yeah. it as fine. I should send you the Granted. video. Granted. Video the the batteries that I'm soldering are old, like used cells that have been ripped out of old laptop batteries. The risk on those is significantly lower than like a, a stock brand new battery capable of discharging 20 amps. Uh, it's like a, you know, one or maybe half amp capable battery. 
And already so, dead. You know, effectively. <laughs> yeah. If you short it, it's not going to catch fire. I've shorted them before. Whatever. Just Maybe remember, it heats up a little, but heat that's kills about the it. battery. That's it. Just, just heat. Just heat. Yeah, definitely not a short. Well, there heat is or also stabbing. Stabbing also. Stabbing also. That kills depends. Batteries. An 18650 is wrapped in steel. Next so. time we go to the shooting range, we should shoot one to see what happens. <laughs> All right, but there, it just, there's just a lot of needless freaking out, and I'll build on that. These cells can catch fire, but only if they're fully charged. I watched a guy take a fully charged battery like this and slice it in half with a knife, and the fully charged one catches fire. Was it actually cake? Yes, it was cake. <laughs> Definitely. It, a nice lithium cake. My favorite. I just mm. love lithium cake. Um, and then he took another at storage voltage, which is the nominal voltage of the cell. 3.7 volts per cell. Multiply that by however many cells. This is a six cell pack. So whatever 3.7 times six is. Prime numbers. Sliced that one in half with a knife. Guess what? Smoked a little, but didn't catch fire. The battery. That's the point of storage voltage. Yes, and lithium polymer batteries are significantly more volatile than 18650 cells. Guess whose batteries were at storage voltage? That 3.7 volt thing. Linus's batteries. Hmm. So even if he did short them, it wouldn't have been nearly as big of an issue. Yeah, it's also especially a big issue if you have them like conjoined in a package in a very tight area. Yeah, right. If they're all super close together because then the heat from one like heats up the rest and yeah. then it slowly turns into a reaction that is just fueling itself. Yeah, because but the batteries was... are energy, right? You're right. just taking all that energy and removing it out into the world. So it becomes just a big inferno. But he's got like 20 batteries and a super low voltage. I'd assume they're relatively low current cells. I don't know. They look like Panasonic cells. They were green. So they're Call the good them. ones. If they're the good ones, 10 amp capable, but uh, eh, still nowhere is nowhere near as much as that. So yeah, but I I don't know how much a red camera uses, but like I'd assume it's relatively a lot. Yes, yeah, relative for a, a camera, it's going to be a for a camera crap it's a lot. Of, yeah, because but it's probably a slow trick. It, it, it's what's, cin- a, what's a red camera? Is a cinema camera. <laughs> it's, a, it's like what oh, movies okay. use. Yeah, yeah, it's the really powerful they're, they're digital still but they like use ssds as their storage medium because of how yeah, much right. data they're taking in and moving around yeah right digital film basically yeah <laughs> i suppose well they're just desktop ssd oh man you want to go on that rant about red over like selling their yes, the red yes, camera yes. eventually the red camera eventually. takes about 4.2 amps oh wow that's yeah, a lot for yeah. so you uh but it's but the red camera pack if i recall correctly was like 12 batteries in series I mean that it makes sense. So, that. or sorry, not series, parallel. So you have all the current you could ever need, sure. and then there's a small like amount of. Well, voltage, it maybe it has peak current, like occasionally it peaks. I mean, yeah, sure. That. There's definitely going to be peak current and it's some possible. other stuff in I, there. I, I doubt it, but but it's possible. you know, it's not like you're expecting a hundred amps out of your battery for your camera. Sure. But, no. So Linus also in the other half of that video, he ranted about how um, that I agree. Product with. developers yes. are developing these products to not be repairable. Either because they want to make profit, or because they don't want to put in the extra engineering time to make or the product repairable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There and, and like that's some. And that's we should talk about what it actually is, though. It's a BMS or battery management system. The job of a battery management system is to keep your batteries relatively safe. These don't have it. It's just cells with some wires on it. 
So what's this? Yeah, this that, is a balance lead. That's so that, that way this a, connects to the charger, and the charger will manually or the charger will automatically. The charger will become chain. the BMS in that. Scenario. Yeah, right. The charger becomes the BMS and it re-levels all those cells. There's not a protection circuit in here. No, there is not a protection. Not built in. That is a battery with wires soldered to it. That is, a battery with that wire, is wire just wire mad foolish, man. It's not. It's they're great. like they're like pennies, you aren't can they? Get, a ton of energy out of these well, of because we can, need 100 watts. No Your right? battery management system cannot take 100 watts and it has to be as light as possible because it's flying a quadcopter. So are we saying that's where the gross negligence is? No. I, the, <laughs> the gross negligence okay, maybe, is... But I, I've thrown these. I've crashed these. I've like dropped 50 feet up onto like stones and mm, rocks and something, haven't something caught one on fire. Survivorship the bias. Only time I have survivorship caught, bias. The only time I've caught one of these on fire was when I directly shorted the two leads together in a quadcopter. It was really funny, actually. It's like, hey man, take a look at this. Oh, I know it was a friend who did that. Even I hadn't, I haven't done it um, yet. But a friend was like, hey man, does this smell funny? Brings the quadcopter close to my face, plugs in the battery, and it like bursts into flames practically. Not actual <laughs> flames, just a bunch of smoke. Did you just see every single warning on here and then like consider that a checklist of things you can do? I mean, the third <laughs> sentence says not to subject it to any strong impacts. I mean, we left we left the impact in battery where it was, as much as I hate to they're say it. They're literally mounted it's a to quadcopters. Like they're mounted yeah, no, to vehicles I, that from fly 120 up, miles an news, hour. News, radio, whatever. Quadcopter falls out of the sky, lands on the battery, on stones on a railroad, and just like, you know, it you know, gets all mangled up. But it never caught fire. Quads are cool, but I do not have the skill to fly one. It's not that hard. Play with it in a simulator. Um, but if we jump back on a BMS, Thanks. there are certain BMSs where they require a constant power to stay on, or they have some specialty firmware or whatever on it. And that firmware is just loaded so that it dies or gets deleted if you fully unplug the battery and turn off all the power to it. So if you remove the cells, the power is cut to the BMS, and then you try to Resolder brand new cells, even though they're new cells, the BMS has no clue what it's There's doing. There's no firmware and just left. Won't charge the cells. Hmm. Which and is so that's either gross negligence or perhaps they did it on purpose so that you couldn't resell the cell or so that you couldn't Isn't resell the battery. Isn't RAM more expensive than flash for the most part? Uh, I would say yes. So why on earth would they use RAM? Because it's on more purpose? expensive anyway. And I guess on purpose, that's the only reason they would use it. I think it's one of those like cover your ass things. Like they try to just remove themselves from the situation and then complain if anyone else modifies their system that, well. well I, I think it could also be something like that. Like, oh man. Void of the warranty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Voided warranty stuff. or, oh my God, all the fear mongering. Oh my God, it's dangerous. You can't work on your electric car. There's batteries in there. What if they catch on fire? I mean, wasn't that the same thing Apple said about the whole like switching out parts in your phone? Yeah. Just it, like, it, well, you know. It drives me it insane. Your data. I can take a phone and plunge a knife through it, fully like, you know, kill the battery, whatever. Yeah, sure. It'll be a relatively small fire. It could like slightly damage you, but like that's with me literally taking a knife and driving it through a phone. Yeah, I but mean, obviously so, there's the issue with one of the notes and stuff. <laughs> but one of the problems I guess that some people I think have with it is let's say you did do that, right? You did were irresponsible, sure. you drove a knife through a phone and it started to catch fire. Uh, an initial random person's thought would be, let's throw water on this, right? And meanwhile, this fire is on this table, right? You're sure. getting water, you throw water on it, and it doesn't go out, and then the table catches fire. Now the table is on <laughs> fire. and Well, you can put out the table, but yeah, I mean, a lithium fire is generally self-sustaining. Until yeah, and I think lithium, so, uh, so... You can put it out chemically, I 
thing. It, yes, okay, you if can your phone battery explodes and it goes into thermonuclear meltdown, <laughs> just put it in rice. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Enough rice will solve all your problems. No, so that's actually correct though. If you cover it in sand, you're good. And you yeah, get a nice yeah, tasty snack to, afterwards. The to put it out is to suffocate it. Is effectively the is effectively saying. to suffocate. Yeah. It, right? So speaking Fuel, of disclaimer, don't put it in rice. Certain cells are self-oxidizing, so even then, it'll yeah. Still so burn so like related to battery but. fires, there is currently a um, a cargo ship like sitting in the Atlantic Ocean that's full of electric cars that's on fire right now. Oh, really? Wait, I didn't I know, know that. that. Yes. There's yeah. an entire cargo ship full of brand new off the factory electric cars, which was Porsche and Mercedes Benz cars. So expensive ass cars. That's just on fire. And they evacuated the whole crew and they can't do it. They just have to wait until the ship dies, like sinks. I, I know that they can't she, do anything about I it. I know that Chevy had some issues with the Bolt um, and LG's cells where they were just spontaneously catching fire. I think it was the Bolt or was it something else? I don't know. Some car manufacturer making a like tiny little economy car or whatever electric just had huge issues. Where it was it was Chevy. Chevy was using cheap cells in their car. They were using, I thought they were using LG HG2s. Like though. ultra fire just like I, cells from oh my God. the Chinese market. Can I jump on that? Can I jump on that? If you buy 18650 cells, don't buy them from Amazon. Yeah, don't buy Any, it from Wish. <laughs> no, nah, even Amazon. Any 18650 cell that you buy from Amazon is most likely a scam. If, I believe the maximum capacity for an 18650 cell is right, a now. Pro, right now is approximately like 3,400 3, milliamp hours. That's the really highest bad. I've ever seen. But there are so many companies just, here's our 8,000 milliamp hour 9, cell, our 9,000 milliamp right. hour cell, our 10,000 milliamp hour cell. It's always a scam. Yeah. And it's always going to be like 250 milliamp hour. It's like yeah, nothing. Two terabyte USB 3.0 flash drive. Yeah, right. $2. Exactly. Right. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. But even then they're like, okay, yeah, maybe that's sort of a legit price or whatever. Like $6 a cell no. is what you should expect to pay sure. for a good quality cell. Yeah. But if you're buying 18650 cells, buy them from a good brand. Yes. Sony. LG, well, you can't buy them directly from the manufacturer, right? You can't, unfortunately. That's, unfortunately, so you have to, they fake the labels they a lot fake too. The That's labels something you gotta be aware too. of. You have to get a good supplier. I think uh, imrbatteries.com. Yeah, has or, a, or your local vape shop if you've got one. Oh yeah, the vape shop. That's the quality. whole meme. That's what that's where Linus got his cells from. That's yeah, that's yes. correct. Because they, they should have quality. They like, sell the VTC five A. VTC six is my favorite cell. It's three amp hour, fifteen amp capable cell. I was actually recently on websites looking for 18650 cells, and it's crazy how many of the websites on their website, they say, this is not designed to be used with yeah, a vape Don't pen. use it in a vape. Yeah. 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 Like, that's wow, just, again, that's they're covering their asses. They're just yeah. I know people are going to have stuff blowing up on the subway, it. and then ultimately, oh, who, what was the fault? It was the battery. Where did the battery come from? It's yeah. always just a blame game in the U.S., at least. Unfortunately, that yeah. is true, yeah. But yeah, I'd like, I, I don't know. Basically, yes, Linus is right. Batteries are dangerous, but he was being dramatic. He was definitely well, being dramatic. Yeah. And I sort of disagree with no one should ever replace the batteries in there, whatever. Yeah, that's, I think no, that's that, the whole thing of rights for repair is being able to like, continue yeah, right. using that is your the electronics. Thing of rights for repair. The ability to repair whatever, however, no matter if it's dangerous or whatever. Uh, Lewis Rossman recently did or covered a story. I hope where, Lewis Rossman roasts Linus. By where the way, a blind <laughs> man, right? had this right. eye implant thing to give him, I don't know, 60 pixels or whatever. Where better than not. They're like <laughs> shocking the electric nerve or whatever. Well, the company supporting this goes bankrupt. And Rip. so his thing breaks and he needs to go and find a replacement. And someone across the sea or whatever has like a replacement unit for him. And this blind man fixes his own eye. 
And you're gonna sit here and tell me that I'm not allowed to repair my devices or whatever because it's dangerous. But this guy just fixed this his guy own pulled a fucking, fucking eyeball. This guy pulled a cyberpunk and replaced his eyeball. Exactly. We, we truly do it's live in insane, a society. Right? <laughs> oh man, you're not allowed to fix your eyeball. Oh, it could be dangerous. Oh man. But I don't know, man. The whole meme of Sony. Sony was actually really good about right to repair with at least the PlayStation. You were allowed to like replace the hard drive and replace the fans. That's not enough. I want component level repair. Schematics or die. Yeah, I I miss those days, huh? You can't ever get a service manual for your microwave anymore. Or whatever that had the schematics inside of it. Or old cameras that had the schematics. I I had to repair my oven at my old uh, house. It was probably from the 70s. It was original. It's usually just like, you know, a blown capacitor, a bad resistor, whatever. There weren't even electronics in this thing. It was a mechanical timer, but the damn buzzer was broken. And so it would always go off if you like dinged it. I opened up the oven and not only was it disgusting in there, but I I saw a little paper envelope that had been baked well over the years <laughs> and there were full schematics of yeah. every single wiring diagram for the clock for the for the timers for everything in the oven and i couldn't believe it i was like really it's great yeah everything Old i need to know right awesome. here on paper yes why can't we do that anymore come well, on every, pdf flash because drive. everyone's terrified and yeah. scared and don't need, not even and whatever. flash drive just know. put it on your fucking company website just like put it's a not QR that code hard in the oven right yeah Everyone's got a Whatever. phone. Yeah, Just scan the QR code on the oven and boom, I got the schematics on my phone. But or, if I show you guys so how to make is, my product, then you guys could make my product. That's a good point. I think China doesn't give a shit. Well, They're going to clone it anyway. That, that's also a good <laughs> point. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point as well. Or so, whatever. It doesn't matter. Put Release it, inside, it all for free. Or whatever. Put it inside the oven. Then only those who own the oven can fix it or whatever. Okay, what crawlers, but yeah. 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 It's complicated. So let's jump on the Valve Steam Deck. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. One last thing about the batteries. Is... I am currently for my personal projects using 18650 cells or looking mm-hmm. to get source 18650 cells. I love them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's super cool. But I'm kind of excited for Tesla's new Gigafactory to make his new type of cells. I think they're called They're like basically just 2170 I'm cells. 21700s have been around for ages, man. They never yep. really caught on. It's just a large 18650 yeah, cell. Yeah, the size. Some of the Tesla stuff was even bullshit there as well, where it's like, "Oh man, we doubled the energy capacity by doubling the size of the battery." Whoa! I guess if you didn't already know, I'm imagining you already looked it up by now. If you didn't know, it's just a diameter measurement is 18, and then the the uh, length of the battery is 650 in millimeters, so 18 millimeter diameter. 65.0 millimeter. 60. Yeah, sorry, six. Yeah, it's 18 60, millimeters. It's a cylinder. 65 18 millimeters, millimeters in right, diameter. 6.5 65 centimeters. millimeters tall. 21700 is 21 just millimeters a in battery. diameter. Seven seventy millimeters. Also, I just found I out on LinkedIn that the R, like when you have an IMR, the I is the lithium ion, the ah. M is the manganese, uh, and then the R just means it's a round cell. I never knew that that's- I didn't actually right? know that either. Because they have like yeah. ICR, ISR, all those are just like ways to describe the chemistry, but the R just that's means awesome. it's round. I had no idea. <laughs> Before we switch <laughs> over to really our next fun. topic, there's one, I have a question for you engineers as to why. Yep. So like, you know how space efficiency is a big thing? Yeah. Why are they round? Why aren't they square? Uh, the round cells are a little them. easier to manufacture. You don't really need to pack um, batteries. I mean, it's yeah, yes, you're you right. do in an electric car. You do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you but do. you can pack them in, in a hex a pattern. And a square cell is going to be more difficult because you have to layer everything in a square cell versus a round cell. You just wrap it, you coil over it and over, and you there coil is it. And some it's convenience to, to having like infinite symmetry, 
rotationally. Yeah, exactly. Like, I guess all batteries for a long time have been like that. I mean, double A's. What was the first even, like, yeah, popular I think consumer they're all battery? Sort of coiled. Well, no, actually. They are. That is, yeah. Are really alkaline convenient. batteries coiled or no? I think it's just. Yes, they are. They have are they? the okay. uh, uh, different electrolyte chemistry, but in, in essence, it's all just like a capacitor. I guess it's the same reason that electrolytic yeah, capacitors are around like that. Right, okay. exactly, or and it's sort of similar with the, the 18650 way. cell. Yeah. Huh. I mean, you, there, there are definitely comparisons between an 18650 huh. cell and a capacitor, you know? I guess, yes, yeah, square batteries would be, like, impossible, because even if you started I mean, with a square, a square rod battery the middle, right there. Well, yeah, because it's different cells. You're right, yeah, they're, but they're, they're not efficient. I'm saying, they're, why don't we, why don't we just take an 18650, why don't we just take an 18650, make it square, make it a cube, or, like, a, a, a rectangular prism, almost in and then and then somehow increase the density so that way that little bit of extra space can be used for that little bit of extra energy. And, like, over the course of an entire car, that's going to be a significant energy density increase is what I'm saying. But if you had to make the battery square, the only way to do that would be to add material to make it square, which would make your the, packing even worse okay, so the and more expensive. No, the 18650, yes, the 18650 cells are in steel tubes, right? Mm-hmm. If you're making a battery, it has to be in a tinfoil like enclosure, right? You can easily stab or puncture these with, you know, a toothpick, maybe not a toothpick, but you know, <laughs> a, knife. a knife Don't run over or a some <laughs> relatively, you know, small thing. You're going to be hard pressed to like easily puncture a hole in an 18650 cell. Mm. So the steel case makes up a part of the car's structural integrity, right? Mm. If you take apart a Tesla, the bottom part is batteries and that big battery pack is a large portion of the structure of the frame of the car. There's so if you, so if you were to make them square, right? You get some losses cuz it's a square. Circle is a better like It is shape. a better load. It it's takes better, load better. Yeah, it's a better huh. shape for the load versus if you make it a square, good luck packing your stuff into a square extrusion. Um, I never thought about or, how you know it would be a big square like you're, battery. You're not. <laughs> how are you gonna like layer your layers inside of a steel like tube of an extrusion or something? It's definitely possible, it's, in my opinion. It's but, possible, but, but it's not practical. It would, I think it would, yeah, it'd be very impractical. The, uh, okay, I could probably argue that statement, but I'm gonna right, leave it. Why are you leave gonna, it be for now? All right, we'll leave right, it for now. Because the other back. the other thing to answer Chen's question is there's also a matter of heat dissipation and transfer. Sure. So. When you know how you have a couple of you know cylindrical tubes that are mm-hmm. in you know a two D array, yeah. um, the space in between the tubes acts as a way to take heat out of the system, ah, right? Yes. And you can run your coolant or something through that. Yeah, yeah. something to be said. Well, yeah, it. and like I think Teslas are just air cooled. Like they don't actually no, have they're any... liquid cooled. Are they liquid cooled? That is correct. I yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but that that makes sense. I think that 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 does answer my question a little. So hmm. speaking of right to repair, as of a few minutes ago, Steam Deck, the Steam, Steam Deck is doing a great job at well, doing right to repair. Yeah. It's doing well compared to everyone else. Everyone else. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> compared to a lot of others, like anyone else in the tech Compared industry, to, I don't know, real. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, low-hanging fruit. So for anyone who's <laughs> not in the know, Valve recently partnered with iFixit to provide replacement parts for the Valve Index and the Steam Deck, yeah, which is it, a huge win oh, for anyone so in this space. <laughs> Having the ability to go to iFixit, you're going to get high-quality, detailed teardown guides, how to properly open your Steam Deck, whatever, how to properly open your Valve Index, how to replace these components, 
Here's a source for the components. Here are all the tools to do it safely and correctly. And here's a really well-written high quality guide with great photos on how to do it without damaging anything. And it's awesome for the video. That being said, at the beginning of their guides, they still say don't do this at home, but then they like, release the guides anyway. I, yeah. I think that's again, a legality lame thing. Cover your ass lame statement. cover your ass statement. But still, I own an iFixit toolkit. Sadly, great the lawyers toolkit. had to say that. I love it, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. But I love just the having the ability. Oh man, there's broken joystick, whatever. They're all a lot of parts are consumable. Batteries are consumable. Joysticks are technically consumable in a way. Buttons are consumable, but to a much lower degree. I imagine there's going to be a lot of screens replaced. That's probably the number one. Yes, right there. <laughs> exactly. And so having the ability to go out and just purchase the screen reduces e-waste, right? Saves and it money. saves you money. And maybe you learn a new skill. Right. <laughs> learning a new skill is always an awesome thing. So having the skill to open up a basic electronic device and replace the battery. I mean, just about anyone can open up a modern laptop and generally replace the battery. They almost put it back together. They're usually super <laughs> simple. It's just a connector. You pop open the bottom plate of the laptop, disconnect the battery from the motherboard and pop out some screws. Sometimes they're glued in and that's a pain in the ass all the time. And no one uses pull tabs except <laughs> Apple, which is really funny. Apple is like the one phone manufacturer that uses those like pull tabs. It's like a command strip underneath the battery. No one else does, not even like Google or anything, which drives me insane <laughs> constantly. But that's a story for another time. Hostile design. They don't want you to repair it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. one really cool thing so, about having these uh, resources available to you is you can learn in a better environment when you go to do this, right? Because as of right now, there are people who will learn how to take apart your phone and replace the screen, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. But in order to do that, what they do is they just go on YouTube and look at a bunch of sketchy YouTube yep. videos made by creators pretty similar to us and where we, we put out stuff, you know. But there are certainly very good creators who make yeah, yeah. very well-produced, high-quality educational but content. But how can you tell without the dislike button? All I right, know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. no, yeah. But yeah, so another... I mean, another thing is that it gives the Valve more profit. It right? does give Valve more profit. One, of, I remember like when I watched the teardown video of the Steam Deck, I, I think they engineered it with this in mind. I don't think they it did, was an yeah. after effect. I think they wanted this to be I a mean, right trip. I mean, so much thing. stuff it is connected by ribbon so cables. It is so packed tight. Like it is so much technology in this tiny box, but they did it in such a way that you can take it apart with nothing more than a screwdriver in like an hour. Yeah, right. It's a long time. I mean, it's really <laughs> okay, not that bad. But still, I mean, I yeah. I mean, that's like for it your average sense. consumer yeah, with a screwdriver, right? I mean, how long do you think it'd take me or any of you guys to we take We could probably rip one apart in 10 minutes. We could probably have one apart and you yeah, have to put it back together. No. Yeah, <laughs> and then, that's another thing. So when I, I, I wish I would have known this before I'd ordered my Steam Deck. So when I went out of my way to, when I pre-ordered my Steam Deck, I reserved the 256 gigabyte model. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the reason why is because I knew it came with an NVMe SSD. I ordered that one with the intention of replacing the SSD the second I got it. <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting though, because like from the get-go, they were relatively transparent that the 64 gig version was just in an M.2 form factor. Yeah, I didn't know that because I ordered it the day they announced it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Like literally, I was sitting on the Steam page hitting the refresh button over and over and over and over and over again until I could actually hit their order button. <laughs> Ooh. And yeah, even with yeah. that, I think you're probably not getting your Steam Deck till Q2? Question mark? I'm not getting my Steam Deck till probably August. I was going to say, that's, that's soon, ridiculous. Q2. <laughs> that's crazy. That eh, seems about right. And I think, uh, Kyle, you're in the same problem, and you have the 512 gig model. Yes, but unfortunately for me, I hit refresh a bunch of times, and I finally got onto the page, 
And then, then I refreshed or I, it, it, I had a credit card issue. Oh, no. I was like, ah, oh, hey, I had a credit card issue. I recently snapped my credit card in half. Yep. Whoops. That's an issue. <laughs> I mean, people still don't have the PlayStation 5. When I did don't that have the PlayStation. I've been trying to buy a PlayStation 5 since it came know. out. You what? I've been trying to buy a PlayStation 5 since it came Why? out. Oh. Why? Why? Because I want a PlayStation 5. I, I I'm sorry. I thought exclusives. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I heard. I haven't tried my PlayStation Five till it came out. So you oh, just like had a PS Five still in yeah, box. Yeah, just in box. Yeah, right. something. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it would worth box. a hell of a premium over MSRP if you sell one. <laughs> That's no. my problem. Is I told myself <laughs> I'll only buy a PS Five if I can get it at MSRP. I'll only and buy I a GPU found. if I can get it at MSRP. Uh, that, that's how what I said too, and I got one. I just was super lucky in that sense. But. Yeah. Well, you bought a friggin' GPU. You bought a GPU no that nobody wants. can afford at MSRP. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Twelve hundred bucks is a bit steep, buddy. Ooh. Yes, more than my computer's worth. <laughs> All right. Uh, so one of the here, I want to find one of the. Oh, so I wanted to. Speaking of else? GPUs, uh, the APU and the Steam Deck. No, no. Well, I mean, the, the Steam Deck is. We already talked about it once before. I'm yeah, still very hyped. Yeah, I'm not it's, sure there's anything else that really. There's really not anything to talk about. Well. It's cool. I can't wait to get my hands on one and try it out. Realistically, Kyle. I can't wait like, to repair one. Yeah. I can't I wait until I cannot play it because I don't have time. There you go. <laughs> but I like, think yeah. that's it. I just had one other interesting question. I wonder what the screen replacements are going to look like on the Steam Deck. They right? haven't actually. Are, that's the one video they haven't released yet. They haven't released are, a, no, no, a no, no, no. One. Are they going to sell screen replacements? Are you going to be able to buy the low end screen or the high end screen? Right? Well, there's only there's two, two screens. Well, yeah, okay, one of them's so got yeah. an anti glare screen and the other doesn't. So can you buy like the low end model and put the anti glare screen on it? Isn't that or, just a piece of glass in front of it? Um, I don't think so. It's not, it's not it sort of depends on how the device is. Yeah, we, we don't know. Totally right. It's yeah, sort of hard but to yeah, know. So but the, it's still a valid question, right? Sure. The yeah. $400 model and the two and the, the $530 model, which I bought the 530 model, don't have the anti-glare screen. They just have a normal run-of-the-mill 720p 7-inch screen. Correct. While the 512 gigabyte, nice. the $650 model, have the upgraded anti-glare coating on the screen. Hmm. Or I think it's, no, it's laser-etched glass is what it is. Yeah, something Fancy. like that. No, and no, exactly uh, according to Linus Tech Tips, he said it. He he. If it, if he were the one paying for a Steam Deck, he would not have paid the extra for the anti glare. He said <laughs> okay. it's not that noticeable, like that much of a difference. Interesting. Or it's not worth the hundred and thirty dollar, hundred twenty dollar premium or whatever. Because like, yeah, and I I'm gonna be able to replace the SSD. So like, honestly, if 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 I were you and you were gonna go buy a Steam Deck, buy the cheapest model and just upgrade it. It's get they, they every single model has the same SOC. Every single model has the same amount of RAM. Every single model has the same everything, except yeah. for the storage, the included accessories, which all of them come with a case, by the way, which is like the only, a case and a charger, which is the only I think only the top model comes with a case. No, they all come with cases. It's I think just, the top model comes with a special case. Yeah, the top model comes with a special case. Or something on it. All of them come with a case. Huh. But I would just buy the, if I could go back again, I would just order the $400 model and just replace the, the SSD. I would save the 100 and... Thirty dollars ish. Yeah, and then just buy a bigger SSD. Well, right? you can get um, Kioxia just announced they're doing two terabyte twenty two thirty SSDs. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> and they advertise it's going to be compatible with the Steam Deck. Gee, mm. I wonder why. <laughs> Speaking of like the the replacement parts, do you think that you'll use any of these replacement parts for personal projects? Like if you need a joystick oh, for something, you that's totally an could interesting just. One. Pull but it's gonna be then. it's gonna be a joystick on the daughter board, which yeah. If you can interface with it though, like inter figure out how to interface with the daughter it's, board. It's just an analog device. Joysticks yeah. are just two potential. Yeah, but it's a, I think it's a, a ribbon button. cable. Is that how it's it connects? Easy enough. I've soldered FPC cables. Video on the thing. It's not up yet. We'll figure it out. 
the PlayStation USB Type C on your PS4 controller. Nice. I really butchered that. <laughs> okay, we're learning. But um, so I want to transition. Speaking of oh, actually, speaking of GPU, no, no, no. no. Wait, let's real quick. I have one more <laughs> quick five-minute topic all right, related all right, all right. to the Steam Deck. So apparently, are you guys familiar? Uh, who here is into emulation? I am. Okay, Kyle. A little is. bit, I, not a whole ton. A little bit, I not a whole emulation. ton. And I assume Less than I want to be. I <laughs> am allowed to say that I have played. Don't sue me, Nintendo. Game Boy games uh, digitally in a ROM because I had a physical copy. And that's legally allowed. Boop, boop. No, it's not. You're still gonna get sued. Nintendo's coming. Oh no, Nintendo! They're gonna please. bust down your door. The Dolphin <laughs> Dolphin Emu Project, which is a way to yes. emulate GameCube games. For Got a Steam and Valve and sent them a dev kit. Oh, this is right. beautiful. I like this. So that way they could validate that their emulator works well and is optimized for the Steam Deck. But Steam. I think Valve like sent them one, and then they like weren't allowed to talk about it because like technically it's piracy, but it's not. It's like mm-hmm. you just have to buy but, a physical copy of the games, and yeah, then you're allowed sell... to have a digital copy as a backup do according they... to some outdated laws. Do they even... <laughs> yeah, right. Do they even sell like new Wii games anymore? Did like, you, know? you still buy them? All right, whatever. At what? that point, piracy is perfectly valid in my opinion. Oh, piracy! If you cannot Nintendo legally is acquire fine. something anymore, piracy is fine. Like, yeah, they don't sell it. That's yeah, I no, don't Nintendo, know. They, they don't no, sell it. Nintendo wants you to buy the remake. Remastered version on the next generation of console. That's no. always my remastered Pokemon game. They're doing game a remastered Wii know. Sports called Switch Sports. Thanks, what? I hate it. When yeah. are they going to remaster Paper Mario? Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, man. I've been asking for every generation. So. <laughs> it's such a good game. Yo, you got to buy the new one because they have a new one in every generation. Yeah, yeah, but a new game, but not the old game. I can't play the old game. Yeah. Mm. They haven't remastered it. I don't know. They don't care about I probably the spent more time <laughs> setting up emulators and playing emulators. It sort of does feel that way, don't they? Like, they've shut yeah. down so many tur- tournaments oh, yeah. and a whole it, bunch of it's stuff. It's so obvious. Just, Nintendo know, is just really... Their, their anti-piracy and IP protection is one of the most... If not yeah. the most aggressive in the industry. It's really weird, though. I don't know. Well, it's because it's just something in the old days... It? It's it's it, a, ooh that's how we, that's why thing, we should have right? Rob on we should have Rob do a, an episode on emulation that would actually be a really good one yeah yeah the, the one like, pirate, software piracy I'll like, add it to the list I'll have to ping him about it because he he I he asked me the other day like yeah do you, you want me on the podcast again I'll do more legal research I actually really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed that I'm like okay uh, hmm no but uh, so why oh, you add it to the list uh, Kyle did you have any Comments or concerns about this? I know you're yeah, really I'm just going to explain like Nintendo's framing behind why they do what they do. Okay, what is, the, what is their framing? The framing is that they've spent, they've invested all this, you know, all these assets in order to make these iconic characters that, that they can that they can make money off of those iconic characters, right? So if you see a Zelda game, you know it'll be that quality or you'll know it'll be, you know, <laughs> what, what, goes, what goes behind sure. that. So then the original thought was if we have other people profiting off of our work, you know, they shouldn't quote unquote deserve that. And as a result, they like, you know, would slam them for stuff, but they, that was the older way of thinking. The newer way of thinking is like, Hey, if other people are playing this game and people see that this is really fun that you're playing this game, more people are probably going to buy this game. Yeah, it's right. like free advertising. When wider, have they adopted that second strategy? Is. Have they? I don't think they have. I'm, no, no, I'm saying that's have. a, that's a you're general saying frame. Those are the two ways of looking at it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I see. And they sure have not more, but yeah, done the second general, strategy. Yeah. In general. <laughs> Because, right. for example, there was the case of Super Smash Brothers. Oh, yes, uh, I'm for very the familiar. Wii, for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, so Super Smash Brothers Brawl. They had their um, special game mode called Subspace Emissary. Have you guys ever played that? No, no. I've not. I played the okay. game, but I have no idea the game mode. So they spent a ton of time doing something that they're not... Uh, apparently, it took them a ton of time to make a bunch of really, really cool cutscenes for their single-player campaign. Mm-hmm. 
And they found it extremely devastating that they spent all this time into making these cutscenes. And then no one played it. And then it. people, instead of buying the game and experiencing those cutscenes, just watch YouTube videos of those cutscenes <laughs> that they got for free. And so instead of, you know, paying for this and experiencing the content, they just got the content for free and then didn't pay. Hmm. And so they're like, this is costing us money. Copyright strike you. And we're just not going to make cutscenes anymore in our video games for Smash Brothers. <laughs> that's, hmm. uh, I, I understand the reasoning there, but that's still a pretty, that's a pretty frown worthy uh, sentiment. <laughs> I have no other comments really. I know it's sort of a Japanese thing anyway, right? They're generally more, I don't know, reserved. More protective more of their protective. IPs, yeah. Yeah, right. Sony's also I mean, a little I know bit aggressive, Japan, but not as much. I know Japan doesn't have fair use. So if you like, you know, <laughs> oh, they, they don't have fair use a lot at all. No, they do not. So if you attempt to like fair use an anime or something, the studio behind it, if they're a Japanese studio, well, they like can sue strike, the piss out of you. Yeah, they can just strike you down for whatever reason. Like there is no fair use. You can't like use whatever clip from an anime as a fair use thing. That's theirs, and they're gonna take it. Well, some of them. It just depends on the studio. It's but. so hard though, because like, what do you consider? Fair use. Well, I mean, fair a, use. A three-second clip from an anime as like a point of highlight or whatever. That could be like one of Rob's topics funny again. Meme or something. Yeah. I guess it's three. Fair seconds, use is a massive right? legal gray area, just like it, pir- it just it like really software is. piracy and well, uh, all the archival. laws are so outdated too. I mean, I feel like just with all the digital media there is, there's still people who are under the impression that there's like two Hollywood studios that have films that are allowed to be seen by the entire world, and copying a film is a real bad thing. See, but it's yeah. like. In the oh, world where man. digital media is so prevalent and, you know, digital files can be copied with no, you know, no material cost. Right click, you know? copy, right. It's, oh, it's man, one of those things. Copy Their laws are no. just not up to date where, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to justify things like that. I mean, like even that. our laws aren't even up to date. Oh, absolutely not. I, that's what I, I don't mean. Think the copyright laws in general. That's an interesting thing. With how fast technology evolves, are any laws for technology ever going to be up to date? Absolutely I not. I sort of think, say no. So never. Moore's law says technology updates like this and... Yeah. History, if you've been alive on Earth at all, is that legislation updates like this. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm not so sure if there's really a future where we're going to have things like DMCA actually up to date and uh, relevant in the modern age. I just don't see it. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Shifting us off of yeah. law and politics, we'll, yeah. we'll save that for a Rob episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Spoiler or warning at the beginning of the next episode or whatever. This this episode yeah. contains political discussion. Oh god. Oh god. Um. So, uh, Intel. Uh, talk, Intel. Intel. Some more GPU stuff. Mm. Um, hey, so, I'm always for a new com- competition in that market. I yeah. Wanna, I so wanna, yes. Officially, they did delay the desktop GPUs by a quarter. They're not coming out until Q2 now. Hmm. That oh well. sort of sucks, but oh well. Oh well. Um, they have. They did say that quarter one that their laptop GPUs will be launching this quarter. Very good. Um, and they're going to be also launching workstation class GPUs in quarter three. So what is? All right, run me down. What's a workstation class GPU like? Um, like lots a, of shitloads of RAM, but has like the same chip, and you charge three times as much for it. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> and it has like an unlocked encoder, like so, that too. So a competitor yeah. to the like quadro, yeah, series? a quadro competitor. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, and then they've also announced their multi-year, their four-year <laughs> roadmap, and they wow. said by twenty. 24 they mm-hmm. want to have a 3090 competitor can i just say that these names are absolutely ridiculous oh my, I, I love, love their names the they're so like Alchemist, gamer cartoony battle image celestial and druid so that's battle mage like from D. 
battle mage. They, these are literally there is like no such thing as a battle mage in D and D. I'm memeing. There are celestials and druids, though. <laughs> I guess tech, I have no alchemist comments. was a class in older versions, but it no longer is. Yeah, but the engineers are probably old enough that they played the older versions. I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's a product that will address the so actually the ultra yeah, enthusiast I guess, segment. I guess battle okay. mage would have probably been a class in an older version. If not, I'm sure there's homebrew for it. But either way, yeah. So they um. They were basically just announced more GPUs. I'm very excited because Intel has been pushing Linux support in their GPUs hard, hmm. like really hard. The official drivers for these new GPUs are going to be baked into the Linux kernel. That's good. That's very good. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me Intel's making GPUs now and they're putting a factory in the state of Ohio? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> there's, hope, there's hope for me yet. There's hope for me too. Honestly, though, that's really good because it's my understanding that AMD used to be the de facto go-to GPU if you're running Linux. Like, yeah, sure, you can run are. NVIDIA. NVIDIA's been Dark better. shit proprietary drivers. <laughs> It'll kind of like half work, but it's still going to be really I don't know why bad. everyone... Honestly, I've had, I haven't had an issue with my NVIDIA driver on Linux. Yeah, but is it game ready? It's not... It's... Okay, the performance is crap, the but like the, the desktop... So you I, had an issue. The performance is not what it is on yeah. Windows. It's not, but also I don't use my... Linux for gaming right now. So. I mean, that's because I would like to change right? that, but it, right now Windows is the only way I can play my games because mm, anti-cheat. Mm, so. I'm going to try it once the Steam Deck comes out. Yeah, we're going to try it really once Steam Deck comes yeah, out. Yeah, Steam Deck should really push some stuff. Really but anyway, help, yeah, but, but we'll Intel, basically, the, the gist of it is Intel is trying is gunning to be a NVIDIA competitor. They're, really? they're gunning for Linux support, and, like, I'm very... More competition is better, because now we no, longer, we no longer have two companies for CPUs and two companies for GPUs. In the near future, we're going to have three companies for GPUs. Oh, right. Three GPUs, two CPUs. And we'll have three CPUs. Oh, because ARM, ARM is because ARM is taken off. And honestly, oh. I I believe that by like in the net within the next decade, we will see desktop class like like Windows for ARM running games with like Nvidia it, and Intel GPUs. I, feel like I think that will happen. Wild, because can't you pack a whole ton of ARM cores into like the same area? Oh yes, you can. CPU? That's why so the you're whole be push looking at like what 180 cores on an ARM, like 180 ARM cores on your desktop. Yeah, whatever? and that's also why like servers been hmm. gunning for ARM is because Ooh, you can have a yeah. crap load of cores yeah. in the one like a one U server. Yeah, you can have they. Um, I guess that is fair, system right? seventy six used to make, and I don't know if they make servers anymore, but they used to. They made a server that had 300 ARM cores in it in a 1U server, That's which impressive. is like this thick. Yeah, right. It's like three inches Yeah, high, is it? Yeah, it's like three inches. It was so much power in like a tiny Infinite package. Uh, yeah, because what? Servers, you generally need more core count than clock Yeah, because speed. you need more to More cores is more better. More you, cores so you can do more processes and run more things at the yeah, same time. Yeah, because a web server, yeah. especially web servers, want more cores because that way they can mm -hmm. offload to, they can distribute the load as much as possible. Yeah. Sockets. A lot of video games are still heavily single-threaded. Oh, damn it. Yeah, so like for a, us, there's as joke gamers, there. we don't it. care as much because we're like... Unless but the developers as, change. But the as a developer, I care. About yeah. Hey, I know how to write. I like cores, so I can render the. Cores. I like cores, <laughs> so I can render the podcast more quickly. <laughs> I like cores, so I can compile my compiled programs like instantly. I, mean, I don't yeah, like cores because they're harder to program. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you just use async, like a too modern many. developer. I'm talking low level stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's that fair. That sucks. That's fair. These guys have two cores, and I think that's a pain in the. By ass. These guy, he means an ESP32. He just picked up. Yes, it's an ESP32. <laughs> but anyway, they're yeah, great. I'm, I love them. But, basically, oh, we're man. excited for Intel's new GPUs. Absolutely. Like, that's the gist yeah. Of it. And here's the thing. Okay, this 
not only that, they so I read somewhere, I don't know where, I'm going to have to find it for the next episode, but I read somewhere that, like, Intel apparently has, like, a fucking massive <laughs> stockpile of GPUs ready to throw onto the market. Where are they? <laughs> and the reason why is because order. they want to flood the market and watch the prices go boom. Oh, man. And I, watch their stock go whoop. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I don't All know. right. Mm. I really do hope that AMD gets slapped down hard for the what two ten whatever. Oh the, my God! There's are stu- yeah. uh, you want to talk oh. about that? Yeah, the, the Nvidia 6500 that was yeah, the worst was, modern GPU ever. It was like on par with what a. 970? No, it was it was like a 960 yeah. performance. Oh, and man. GPU. Hey, my first GPU in <laughs> <Meanwhile>, 2016 <laughs> hey, was a 960. Yeah. Whoa, let me go buy that now. again You'll be fine. same price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You're still, yeah, Alex is still a few generations okay. behind, but no, he's no. a 980 Ti No, now. My, my 960 is in an anti-static bag in the basement now. <laughs> hey, man, you can sell on. that for the price of uh Yeah, probably for the price new... I got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Maybe even oh more. Oh, my God. Yeah, but like, in like, the, that was a terrible GPU, it's and so I'm, bad. I can't wait until like real budget options come in. Like Intel for their first I'm generation. I'm hoping Intel targets that. Well, I feel like first, we've no, said no, this they on are. The last podcast, no, no, not. Yeah. Well, I hope they do. They are. They've already stated that we're targeting the middle, the the low to mid end for our first generation of GPUs. I mean, I think that's the right place to target because yeah. we don't have that. Like, yeah. I love a hundred dollar GPU that oh, outperforms. Yes whatever yeah performs integrated graphics yeah, outperforms integrated <laughs> graphics outperforms anything yeah i mean i just want a cheap gpu that's super good i i don't know the problem is we're probably never going to see another 10 we're never going to see like 10 series where it was like a hundred dollars for a gpu that was like perfect for counter-strike and league of legends yeah because what was the percentage gain from the 9 series to the 10 series it, it was, was a lot it was like huge. a 50 percent gain yeah, yeah and like we're that. never going to see that again what was the percent gain from the like the 20 series also, to the it wasn't, 30 series. So wasn't raw, it all of like 5%? No, it was average? more like than that. 20, I thought it was really, really, 10, really small. But maybe it was, to the, uh, it was 30, a lot. 80. But then the, the 20 series to the 30 series was another massive jump. Oh, you know what? I must be thinking price versus performance because all uh, of the like prices of the cards they, jumped they, up they've by all been so huge much. So the basically the performance gain was, you know, 5% per dollar or something. Well, so it per dollar, so it wasn't tiny. that much of an improvement, but the actual performance of the chip of the, was a big jump. So 10 to 20 series was a but it, but 50% or so jump I again. think that performance but then the per price dollar is, like is a doubled. much more important. <laughs> yeah, right. I think right. performance per dollar is a better metric anyway, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's your why Intel is outperforms your 1060 or your 2060, but it costs, you know, 150% the cost of the other lower-end card. So is it really the same low-end card? Yeah. Not really. Your 2050 is now equivalent to a 3040 or something, right? Hmm. So... But yeah, uh, they're they're definitely um, trying to target a middle to low-end segment for their first generation. Now, part of that might not just be like, oh, we want to... That's our main target because that's the sales we want because those don't exist yet. The other reason why is because they probably don't have their fabrication like yeah. nailed down yet. I mean, yeah. that's fair. With if smaller cards, I suppose you could use a smaller uh, like SOC or a smaller actual package. And so you get more out of the same wafer as well. Hmm. So... I wonder yeah. just what they have in development. Of course, well, nobody's ever going to know unless they work for Intel and they're not going to be able to say, but I would for love Intel. to That's just really go. cool. Yeah, it would be. VLSI is a really, really interesting Ooh. thing. I really want to get into that more. Um, be baking your own chips. I would <laughs> love to. Yeah, I want to do that nice. as a casual coders project or something. Oh. I 
I mean, I don't know. One of my dream jobs from high school is to work for AMD or Intel. Well, Intel is definitely going to be a possibility. Actually, in the state, fabricate or design CPUs. I think that would be just so cool to design like pieces of silicon at the nano scale and then have it manufactured and then just shock it with some electricity and make this rock think. I want to do that. Oh, you, you make a good point of like, yeah, they mentioned that they have like a massive supply. Maybe that is why they did low to mid end because they knew they could pump more cards out and sell yeah. them to consumers. I think it's possible. Flood the market. The market. They will fill a, a gap. I also think, what do you think if they flood the market, prices of other GPUs are going to come that's, down by that, natural that's design. I'm thinking. That's One kind of other the best thing move. though, yeah. you mentioned that NVIDIA has a whole pile of like cards in stock. Why would they ever want to release a whole bunch of cards and watch the price go way down <laughs> when they know they can just keep trickling them out and they'll sell at these <laughs> Is crazy this the new conspiracy? Prices. But then Intel it's- decides... No, we're going to flood the market and then just send out as much cards as possible. But then NVIDIA can counter that by just flooding the market so they can just wait until Intel Oh, yeah. Do you know who counter. benefits from this? Us. Yeah, we could really yeah. use a flood right about now. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking that's Well, a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Always skeptical. Got to be skeptical. Now, that that's being fair. said, we're going to have to still beat the crypto nerds to it, says me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking crypto nerd. Are you going to try no, to go I, out I, and buy 10 I am cards? pro proof of stake, anti proof of work. <laughs> because proof of stake doesn't eat all my GPUs. So You're right. It eats all of your damn crypto boys. No, Get off of my market. It, crypto. it eats all of the Amazon data center. I don't care about that. <laughs> So, Is that why I can't watch my shows on Prime TV? You motherfucker, I swear to God. Can yeah. I take one of these GPUs and hook it up to a Raspberry Pi via an eGPU? Uh, actually, that was a thing someone did. Wait, actually, that's real? Now yeah, that's someone, a project. So, so I'm going to give the my ras- Raspberry Pi the power of Kyle's 3080 Ti. <laughs> Only the Pi Compute Module, the Pi Compute Module 4. If it does have a 4, I think it's a 4X PCIe like 2.0 Yo, link. Oh, can I run some uh, Pi Compute Modules in SLI? Well, you one, you have to use the open source drivers because you have to compile them for ARM. Oh, <laughs> PCI no. bus on a Pi, though. I th- I'd never I've never would have thought. Right, let me go that. look it up. I'm I love it. it I want it. I for PCIe. This here's my Raspberry Pi NAS. Wait, you could totally do that, couldn't you? Yeah. Adding like yeah. PCIe to your Raspberry Pi for the PCIe cards and have what? Oh, Hackaday! Apparently, you can hack it onto a normal Pi. Oh my god, that's ridiculous! I love they have the whole card like the card edge connector. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. One USB. Why are they powering what alligator? I don't that know. A, is that an actual GPU? It's like a shitty GPU. Like Can you describe it. it for our audio listeners? Yeah, yes, please. I actually want to... Uh, yeah, so this just image on Hackaday, which we'll be able to at least throw a link in or something, shows a Raspberry Pi with a USB connection into a PCIe connector and then a PCI card plugged in, which has what appears to be an HDMI. No, that's Ethernet. That's a suicide cable, look. Oh, this is just an Ethernet card. Yeah, there we go. It says an RTL 8111-based Ethernet card, but they're using the PCI bus. So they modified their USB-A port to act as a PCIe bus, because again, that's a suicide cable, look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A to A, yeah. A to I've A. got one of those. Yeah, well, I have for a my lot of them from work. Yeah, we nice. call, me and Alex yeah. call them why suicide are they, cables. Why, might I ask? You don't want to plug them in... Uh, Host, a host-to-host connection is a bad idea, not only electrically, but mm, yeah, digitally. Well, we our, our company that we used to work for would make these cables as patch yeah. cables. And yeah. the problem is if you tried to take USB-A, plug it into my computer, and oh. the USB-A and plug it into Alex's computer, it would, blow the, it would blow them. It could oh, be problematic. Got it. What? Because it's going to flip the 5 volts to ground on the other computer? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, oh, boy. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's Wait, bad. no. That would be a crossover cable. But it's, it's not, not a crossover It's not a crossover cable. cable. So right then now. it should be fine, right? It's five volts to five volts on the... Would you like to try it? 
<laughs> I mean, if it's a high-quality like computer that is properly shielded and protected on its USB port mm. that I don't care look about. Look at this. No, maybe, look at this. They even sell boards where you can drop the what? piece. What? You can drop it's the It's a pie hat. Module. It's a pie hat with four PCI uh, slots. That's well, that's because you need right, the compute awesome. module to do it. Okay. But yeah, you can drop in that's cute. lanes. <laughs> yeah, that's Isn't awesome. That cool? Well, Mini I, PCIe, I guess I have to... Well, no, this is, this is full-size PCIe. Four, four mini PCIe yeah. slots. Yes. But it's still a cool idea. Oh, that's so funny. It's a switch, too. This is that, a... by the way. Okay. Yeah, it's a switch, so it's what not... Did, hold on, what did they just say? Admittedly... It's not going to get you typical GPU speeds and maybe further limited as the Chinese language wiki that accompanies the board states that the bandwidth is 500 megabits 500 per second. 500 megabits oh. per second. Which seems oh, to be, God. quote, missing a zero that, and may not be a mistake. Wait, is no, that, it may be a mistake. Is that... PCI, wait, oh, it, it may be missing a zero. They're thinking, it it's a a mis they're thinking it's missing a zero. Five gigabyte per second. I mean, that's not Gigabit, even... not gigabyte, gigabit. gigabit. Sorry. That's, oh, wait, no, that's still really <laughs> bad. That's almost PCIe Gen I mean, two? What's like, the bottleneck in this system, though? I mean, <laughs> it's still a Raspberry Pi. No, it, it's straight up. See, the Raspberry Pi really Compute impressive. Module 4 has a single lane of PCIe Gen 2. Oh, yeah, I'm that's just all impressed. It yeah, they got it to I work. I mean, still, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really impressive and really cool. I, I don't know. I'm all for apparently people got it got it to boot off of NVMe. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. This here's my NVMe Raspberry Pi, which also serves as my home mini NAS. Actually, that'd be a really cool project. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Do it. All right, so Kyle, do you have any topics you want to talk about? Yeah, I feel like Kyle, we've like Kyle, Kyle's been really quiet this whole time. Been yeah. geeking out over here these PCIe slots. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to mention the Raspberry Pi to, to GPU thing. We'll mention um, another. No, I don't know. Right, should, so. That should be a casual coders project of getting his 3080 Ti to work on a Pi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. But let's do super it. Super by the Pi, but okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, favorite. Uh, all of us work on projects, right? yes, uh, yeah. uh, electronics projects or whatever, or, you know, non-electronics projects. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> in order to do uh, electronics projects, you normally need some form of electronics, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, there's quite a few different boards that are available. We're, uh, we have a video, for example, describing the Arduino versus Raspberry Pis. Mm -hmm. There's a chip recently that uh, Ian bought that I think is super cool. It's on our table. It's called an ESP32-E chip. And um, this one in particular is made by uh, Express IF. Express IF, and it's called a Fire Beetle. Fire, Fire Beetle oh, 2. Sorry. By DF no, Robot. I'm wrong. Wow. Okay. So you're going fully for these guys. All right. So it's actually, it's not an SOC. It's a, it's a PCB with another ESP. Yeah. The, the, ESP the actual chip on the, yeah, the ESPs actual, is like this big. It's tiny. It's a That's way too large actually channeler, but yeah, it's a tiny little SOC, a little black package mm -hmm. guy that gets soldered to another PCB. Mm -hmm. um, just the Express yeah. IF antenna. sells those sure. as fully created boards. And then other people make development boards as they're called. So this here is a development board by DF Robot. It's a Fire Beetle whatever with an ESP32 on it and USB-C. It's got a whole pile of features and they're really cool. Like a lot of dev boards normally use micro USB. So the fact that this mm -hmm. one uses USB-C, I think it's super cool. Because that is cool. I would, I like I that. would that argue that a lot of dev boards also use USB-B. They're switching to USB-C yeah. for the most Finally, part. I think Arduino is I think that this is the only ESP32 board I've found with the USB-C. Okay, so ESP32 maybe, but we have, me and Ian have a microcontroller called a Cutie Pie that uses USB-C. <laughs> That's an ARM-based guy. It is I, an ARM. It's an ARM Cortex-M0. I mean, yeah, those are really cool. They're really nice. I actually quite like them. It's a SAMD 21 I mean, the problem is that it's got... 
I don't know, a small amount of GPIO. Uh, it's um, tiny. It's it's yeah, the smallest it's microcontroller. It's, it's almost awesome. the size of a USB-A. <laughs> it's really yeah, small. Right. But that's awesome. You can do a lot with a small package. Yeah. It just depends. And it has the like a stupid amount of flash on it. It's like 256K of flash. Like you never need that much for a, pro a board that size, but it's yeah, great. I don't know how much flash is on these guys. They're one megabyte is their minimum. Yeah, that's whatever yeah. comes with that. I mean, that's, I a, that's a whole ton of flash and that's a lot, but it's also got Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So you sort of need some of that, I think, for buffer. Ring yeah, such as that. HTTPS libraries. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. shit, for like a five to ten dollar board, that's yeah, a, right. that's a good deal. And then you can stick that in just about any project, right? Because sure. it support a whole bunch of interface. Oh, it's got I squared C. It's got UR. It's got SPI. It does have to be three point three volt. It can't it has be five. analog and digital. That is the one. You can power it with thing. five volt, but it you can't power it. But the logic is three point is three point three. Supports your lithium ion battery. Lipo batteries. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, lipo battery would be at three. I'm currently on Expressive's website. Lipo batteries between three point two and four point two. Yeah, and it, it takes that down. What is this yeah, um, LED on here? Is this RGB? It's an RGB LED. Yeah. RGB LED. That's so fun. Come on. Well, this is a clone of an Adafruit board, and okay. Adafruit's known for. Um, Whoops, go buy the Adafruit one. <laughs> Adafruit's more expensive. Though. The Adafruit one's well, 20 bucks. Yeah, but this one's seven. Support the original. AliExpress. <laughs> Bang good. <laughs> yeah. No, so the Adafruit board looks identical to this. It has the sure. ESP32, it has the ribbon connector, it yeah. has the, the battery connector and everything, but it uses micro B, so it's inherently worse. It's inherently <laughs> worse. Um, I mean, yeah. One thing that's but. really cool, or I find really interesting, I guess, is that the. ESP32 chip itself is a little tiny, like, black chip, you know, mm -hmm. that yep. gets out of the board. And then it but, goes inside of a module. Yeah. It's but in this module, yeah. In in this case, and in a lot of cases, it does, you do see inside of a module that it's nice and shielded. So Yes. That's why you see Well, that's this. because the chip itself doesn't have an antenna. This is a little board that ESP mm -hmm. also sells. I think it's the ESP32... Yeah, it's the uh, WROOM 32E. Mm -hmm. So you can buy this guy as just a little chip without the breakout board from ExpressIF. It's got the antenna built into the PCB and all that. So then it's got your other GPIOs and then you can adapt to you that. You can also just buy the chip and adapt your own antenna. Yeah, right, right. yeah. I have to figure out how to make antennas because <laughs> I purchased some of just You can the make them in PCBs. Well. That's mm -hmm. what that kind of what they did there is that they just kind of have a bunch of Yeah, great. You can make antenna. it in PCBs. Do you want to figure out the uh, the CLC network for me? Yeah, yeah man. Help sell. me figure out the capacitance and the inductance that I need to match the antenna and then figure out how to make an antenna trace. Can you explain that to it's me in Python, please? Exactly. <laughs> I don't even understand it, Chandler. It's yeah. not like super easy. Oh, wait, it takes, you know... Probably a couple degrees to figure that out. It's not a simple thing. ESP. I remember Dave EEB blog going over some I'm of like gonna, the antenna characteristics on this. I have to look at more. Yeah, sure. I got to do a whole bunch more research and learning. It's very Still, interesting. It's going to be a long time. ESP32. But eventually, oh, I think ESP some casual coders projects are going to use just an ESP32 or a pre-populated board or whatever without being one of those pre-shielded modules. I don't even modules. know if they still have this chip listed on It just on their sort website. of depends. <laughs> they might. Sure, they have something know. like it. Yeah, but it's also just really cool in general, in my opinion, to just have an idea they for don't a project have this chip and have website. a dev board on yeah, a shelf that you can absolutely. just pull Heck off yeah. and write some code for it, throw yeah. it on there. It has a built-in LiPo battery and stuff also sure. on yeah, it. Yeah, so, so it's so almost perfect for just about anything. That's why I really like these boards. Oh, they're great. You can just pull it Do off a shelf, five five? have yeah. an I squared C sensor, done. SPI sensor, done. done. Analog sensors, <laughs> done. done. Digital sensors, done. done. It supports touch. The pins, you can like set up touch pins and stuff. Oh, on they it. have like the capacitive buttons? Yeah, it'll oh, work I as capacitive buttons. They have I squared C. They have a, yeah. they have, they have yeah, a, this button peripherals. is just adapted yeah. to a pin. Just you can a, just use yep. it. 
There's actually two reset. LEDs on that board. Yeah, there's, there's a blue, there's a green LED as yeah, well. Up yeah, on I see the, the, I see the, the LEDs, yeah. but I didn't, this but like button is, this, you can just use this button as like a test for right. like a pen. Yeah. Very convenient. Yep. Very convenient. This is a reset button on the other side, yeah. so don't hit this by yeah. accident. But. Oops. I guess I'll just reboot it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Vector I, I want to, so like, you know, I'm not a super big electronics guy, but there's <laughs> one thing I am nerdy about in the electronics world, and that's <laughs> CPUs. So Woo! you can actually buy a version of these ESP8266 modules that run RISC-V. Nice. Yeah. And I would be very interested in trying out one of those. Can I get Which one with are, MIPS? Do you recall what those MIPS? Oh, my God. <laughs> those are do running you, a custom um, Yep. Do you recall set. what the RISC-V uh, ESP32 I, I have it brought up. It's the ESP32-C. Oh, Okay. You see, I looked into those, and but they, I didn't they have them. you. Blue, they have Bluetooth five support. Bluetooth five. I would have. I would have purchased those, but I don't think they're don't a little more expensive. Some usually. weird thing with them, where huh. like the one that I see didn't support Wi Fi or only supported Wi Fi. Yeah, Bluetooth so some of them do have the so. the Bluetooth disabled. Yeah, I, um, but, I guess I should have shopped around a little bit better. But they do awesome. have. They're also only single core. They're not dual core. But like, Fine by me, who the like? Okay, <laughs> I love multi core programming, but if I'm doing it on a microcontroller, I really don't want to think about. Yeah, that. but this microcontroller controller can host a web server to when where you have, having another core might be very useful. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've done it. I've hosted a web server on those things before, but if I'm the only one connecting, why do, do I need right. more cores? When you Maybe have 400 KB SRAM and 384 KB ROM, I don't think you're, it really cares. You know, they don't, they don't care lot, what man. you're putting on there. You're not going to get I mean, the, you uh, could technically connect a, uh, like, SD card or something up to one of these. And yeah, they, they support SDI. Yeah, is that SPY? Yeah. <laughs> is it SD... SDIC, they have a name for it. There's what is a, SDIC? SDIO, right? SDIO is the, the proprietary one. I thought that all computers. But yeah, but they're all like compatible for it. It's basically it's, just spy, right? Speaking of CPUs, then I'm pretty sure the CPU is like 10 times faster than like your average Arduino. Uh, you know oh, what is the it? average Arduino is? This runs at 240 megahertz. Uh, the Arduino is probably 32 which one is this? megahertz. It's, oh yeah, this one isn't listed on their website. It's megahertz? the ESP32. These ones run at like, yeah, really? 240, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah they're, they're crazy. Fast. They're too fast. Yeah, our bus clock well, at work is I like guess 64 it's not, megahertz. Well, no, our, what did the M0 okay, run at? But the thing is, it's not entirely about your clock speed though. It's also about CPI. That's true. It's clocks not, per instruction. Yeah, I know. So, On these, it's so slow. Woo, it's clocks CSD, per in, CSD. It's clocks per yeah. instruction, not Well, it's always got to be... Oh, <laughs> no, it's always got to be clocks per instruction. You can't go sub... Well, technically, you can go sub <laughs> no, zero with well, some pipelining. weird jumping and other You can on the... And, on desktop CPUs, really? Yeah. Pipelining. Well, no, on de on desk like on uh, Nvidia and AMD's um, advertising material, How they call it doing IPC. Multiple instructions per clock. One cores. Pipelining. Sure, but Two, I would pipelining. That. You took the class with me, Ian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so, on the inside. While something's discussion. in the memory stage and something's right, in the see, instruction like the versus the versus the yeah. Computer I didn't science. remember if I'm a I computer got engineer, it. Okay, so let's see. Yeah, what's let's the first? Is it instruction <laughs> fetch, instruction decode? Yes. Fetch, then decode, execute, execute memory execute. right back. You took it more recently than me, so I'm glad at least somebody here is paying attention. So yeah. uh, fetch the address of the instruction. But, but then you think, I mean, decode like. Decode it, figure out what's going where. If we're talking one system clock. Interface with memory. Wouldn't even right like two register. cores so doing MIPS, that though. be like eight instructions per. Clock. Or eight operations, I guess. Now we're in that weird. Yeah. Kind of like. Because it's like one, yeah, I don't know where you draw the line there. <laughs> I don't know. I know how it works. I, guess, I don't know how I guess cores metric. really do complicate it. Yeah. But yeah. I would, well, I would also see, why I, you... would, I sort of personally, and maybe this is way wrong, I don't know, but I would see it as CPI per core and not CPI of the total thing, but like CPI per core because each core is doing something sort of different. 
So what's the CPI at this core? And mm. your pipeline's only going to get you down to one CPI if it's perfectly like forwarded and all that. Although if you think like a secondary core isn't doing anything, does that drag down your total average? I w- well, your total average, I, gu- I guess your total average maybe could be lower. Okay, so oh, basically- pulled up Stack Overflow. I did pull up Stack Overflow. So <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. you're supposed to use clocks per instruction whenever it's less than, whenever the instructions per clock would be less than one. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to use instructions per clock in the, vi- the opposite when it's more than one. But I'm struggling to see when you have instructions well, per say clock. Say there is a loop with 80 instruction executed 42 times and a total of 10,000 cycles were taken to execute the program. So the total executed instructions 80 by 42 is 3,360, which they w- word here with CPI being 2.97 because that's 10,000 over 3,360. Or yeah, IPC right. um, being the inverse of that being 0.33. Yeah. Um, which, okay, I guess there's maybe a... Which, you know, on, like, modern desktop game. CPUs, you can get over that. Because another thing that CPUs do is that CPUs will predict what the next instruction is going yeah, to be. Yeah, right, it's branch prediction. Branch prediction. And that oh, can increase... That can make your IPC above card. one. That can make your IPC more than one. And that's why Intel and AMD talk about, oh, we have a 20% IPC improvement because of our branch prediction or some other technique. What I was that metric that... See did you finish though. CSD already? Have you finished that class already? So there's a there's a metric for like how efficient what is it like how your prediction strategy I think is that is that what you're saying can't be more than one yeah, that, that makes sense that you couldn't have more than a hundred percent success rate of predicting the right instruction and you would never yeah, but expect one hundred percent yeah you never expect one hundred percent there's know. there's I was just saying there's more our CPU architecture stuff that's beyond my realm I of mean it's it, able to you're probably happen. bridging into different CPU I want to say IPC the one I'm defaulting of, to here uh, is MIPS right processors. and with you MIPS do, um, you can't have multiple like instructions have, like, being completed per clocks or I don't know you can't I want to look at what the IPC like what is an average IPC of like per clock cycle if it's perfectly pipeline yeah that's what I I have the one generation before that I feel like we've gotten way too far in the week they're they're giving me like marketing numbers and not actual numbers I don't care all right boys do we think we should change the topic because we went way far in the weeds (laughs) of like well the the original topic was just that the fact that an ESP32 is super cool we started there so it's a really cool board and microcontrollers are cool do more electronics projects even the microcontrollers yeah. are getting faster. It's great. I mean, yeah, that is sort of how that goes. More transistors, more faster. Faster, better, stronger. Faster, better, stronger. God, I don't it. know if they're getting any harder. Well, harder to work with, maybe. Uh, yeah, that depends. Yeah, it's probably going to be my go-to board whenever I'm doing working with a microcontroller. Yes. Because of all of its... So yes. I'm a little out of date, but I did recently, and by recently, I mean in the last two to three years, purchase a bunch of cheap Chinese Node MCUs. Um, yeah, that's just another ESP. I still don't right. know why they call them Node yeah. MCUs because isn't there like they, a framework they, that can run Node.js on it, them or something like that? No, I don't know. I don't know why they're called that, but basically it's the ESP8266, and there's like again, there's dozens of MCU versions Lua, of though? this. I think Node MCU is there's Lua. dozens of versions of this. I used C code on it. I compiled C and deployed it on the board. I'm sure there are other options you can use, but they're like. $5 a piece. If you buy them in bulk, you can probably get them even cheaper oh. than that. And this is just the modern equivalent. And this thing yeah, excites the ESP, me. The ESP8266 was the precursor to the ESP32. Yes. Node MCU is a firmware for those devices that let you run Lua on them. 
Okay, well, there are devices oh, that God. call themselves Node MCUs, and I got the cheap Chinese I'm, I'm aware of the devices called Node MCUs. I don't like that. What I like, you know, if I do use Python, I'll use MicroPython, which I think MicroPython and CircuitPython are the same thing now. I, I really need to learn MicroPython. That's it's an just Python. One. It's not that hard. I, had well, actually, I don't know how to flash it or deal with it or oh, anything Oh, so there's, like a, that, there's yeah. just a program you got to put on your computer, and then you get the firmware file, and you flash it like a normal... Seems like we're full of misnomers right now. It's like things that... I mean, I, I... It is a bunch of misnomers. When correct. I was going in, I did notice one complaint I had about the cheap Chinese Node MCU knockoff mm -hmm. is that I needed to use a different bootloader and they ah. didn't have, like, the right bootloader at first. But I did finally get it to work and now I just, like, don't touch any of my settings. But there are so many of those ESP8266 breakout boards like this. And for the price, this ESP32 looks... This looks like a nice piece of work for development. The I'm, one problem that I have with some of these yeah? is the WCH serial adapter. WCH is a company, it's a Chinese company that manufactures like serial adapters. Are you talking about like the FTDI thing? Yeah. Uh. I mean, um, they, yeah, it's a CH2 or 340G or whatever it is. It's on some is super Is it like a licensed FTDI shush. clone? It's a very... <laughs> It's a it's a it's on some super cheap like Arduino clones and other microcontroller mm. clones. And the problem is a bunch of companies cloned the CH340G oh, I know about thing. This. Mm -hmm. And so if you get a bad one with a clone, of course the company set up something in their driver that yeah, the automatically driver bricks the clone and immediately makes it non-functioning. Mm -hmm. So if you get a clone and you'll have no clue, no one really knows <laughs> which ones are clones and which aren't. Your device just gets instantly bricked if you get if you plug it into a computer, hmm. and then you can't use it anymore. So it's a complicated world out there with licensing of interfaces. I remember. I, I try to avoid WCH as a serial like adapter protocol. Is this or something you see adapter. present on the board? Uh, this this is a WCH chip. It's the, not the same the ten one. pin jobby. Yeah, the ten pin SOS or SOIC. That's why I'm pro using like um. Uh, I know the AT Mega or Atmel uh, bootloaders don't have that issue. So, yeah, if, so if you're getting um if you're getting an Arduino and it's a super cheap one, look on the board. If you see a like short, flat, like recta long rectangular package up by the USB header, skip over the board. You want a little square one. Um, yeah, because it's a using... much smaller like square that doesn't have any exposed pins. Yeah, so they're pins. using on those boards. They're actually using a microcontroller as a USB to serial adapter. It's nice. pretty interesting. Yeah, um, they're using their AT Mega sixteen at, because they have native USB built in. So they just do that, and then they convert USB to serial, and then they send it to the ES. To wow. the I know AT why Mega. I didn't buy the C series um, ESP thirty twos. Now that you mentioned that. Uh, I purchased the ESP32-S2s because yes. they have a built-in USB uh, Oh, they don't need serial? No, they, they don't. Have USB so you can literally just that's pump nice. USB directly into them, and it's great. Okay, that, that makes sense. I still, I still wanna, have to figure out the antennas, though, I still want to so. fuck with RISC-V. I think it'd be cool. And they, I, they have Arduino I'm sure it would be right cool, now. yeah. I just... I'm not a great. I'm not a good well, enough CPU or I almost CPU. Bought, I'm not a good enough PCB designer yet to really start incorporating like USB to serial adapters and all that. Sort I just of care stuff. about the programming. That's what you're for to design my PCBs. No. <laughs> what? I, I just care about the programming aspect. Cause there's a few different like, like I care about the hardware, bro. 
The, com- the compilers are different. So design sci- your own. Sci-fi I mean, yeah. actually What made... kind of engineer are you if you haven't designed your own microcontroller, you know? No. <laughs> uh, software engineer? Yeah. That's Hi. probably pretty fair, yeah. Yeah, sci-fi. Or like a mechanical or civil engineer. Yeah, or yeah. anything else. <laughs> sci-fi, which is like the company that's really pushing, RISC-V actually makes an Arduino-compatible yeah, dev Yeah, that looks board. a lot like an Arduino. It's supposed to be an oh, Uno clone, but it runs RISC-V. And that's ESP32, it looks like? Mm, I don't think so, actually. I, mean, I think it's custom. the package just looks ESP32 like. It's custom, but it does have Wi-Fi. All right, fair enough. Oh yeah, it has that same weird form factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a because you can buy just this module. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So it's got it's got Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. It's got a 32 megabit flash, which is what eight megabytes. 32 megabit. No, it's four megabytes. It's four megabytes. Yeah, it's megabit, which is dumb, but whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. it's four megabytes. Um. Sadly, it uses micro B. Oof. Um, oh, well. Just put one I of mean, those, like, oh, dongles. Oh, wait, micro? Micro USB. Yeah. Oh, no. USB I'm, oh, B micro, I think sorry. it's really funny. <laughs> but they're a little expensive, but also this is, like, stupid. This chip is, like, running close to, like, 500 megahertz or something crazy. Wow, $60 is a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's a little expensive. Whoa. But they're also made, like, they're, Granted, like, genuine Arduinos are really expensive, too. Well, that's kind of <laughs> <What's> why. that? <laughs> they assume yeah, right? that these are being sold to businesses so they can charge out the ass for them. Fair enough. Sci- what businesses buying Arduinos? Well, I don't know. But sci- I'm sure that there are plenty of projects that use Arduinos. Sci-5 five also make what's called a high five on Mac. Matched, which is basically a Raspberry Pi that runs Risk Five. This thing costs a thousand dollars. Does this have Wait, a JTAG what? port on it? Yes, it does. Scroll down. It's all the way. I have it inverted. You don't have the. You're... There you go. Weird. This Wait, is why you... touch screens on laptops. Wait, you pull down. You cool. pull down on your touchpad to scroll. Yeah. Thanks. Oh I God. hate it. That's yeah. You have inverted scrolling, and it's super weird. It's just on Linux on Windows. It's back to normal, but I've gotten used to it, so I just switch on the fly. Whatever one works. Ca- they got a card edge connector down there? Yep. Wow. They have a PCIe slot, so you can run a GPU in it because it doesn't have its own <laughs> video outs. This I thing's mean, a real piece of work. And it has it uses an Holy. ATX power supply. Yeah, it does. 24 <laughs> Oh, wait. That's like the full size of a motherboard then. It's a micro. It's a mini ITX board. Mini oh. Fit Junior, baby. Oh, I wasn't quite expecting that. Yeah, it's a mini ITX board. I, right. You said Pi, and I sort of just immediately went to Pi slash... No, Arduino it's massive. Slash. It's huge. It's like yeah. the size of it's, my laptop. It's, it's so then if it's yeah, that like, big, why wouldn't I just buy a regular like mini ATX motherboard or something and throw in an Intel or AMD because, CPU? Because software development. Because you're developing... Developers, developers. You're developing for the... Risk Five platform because it's they're because like they're trying to push Risk Five as like the new switches. arm. They're trying to. Right. This is just a dev board. Yeah, that's an Ethernet Fair enough. They have those are all USB. Oh, they got micro uh, or I mean a micro SD card too. Yeah, you can boot from micro SD or NVMe. Is that what those switches are for? The dip switches. Yeah. Interesting. I'll throw out one last thing here. It's sort of I don't know weird. Gigabit Ethernet. I can accept <laughs> USB Type B and uh, USB C, but I won't accept micro USB. Also it's sort apparent- of weird. Alex, you know what these are? B, like B to full size? Yeah, full size B. Like the well, yeah, because those connectors don't them destroy printer. themselves. But That's yeah, fair. the connector yeah, also they're, doesn't destroy they're the itself. Only reliable and it's one. commonly found on like, you know, Arduinos and whatever. What are your thoughts on so. B mini? I think B mini's fine. Mini B? Um, mini B's fine. I mini B is micro okay. B sucks. It's rare on anything, which is why I don't like it. I it's want. Well, it's my, rare anymore. I want it's on my TI eighty four CE or the whatever. The thing is, I want everything to be USB C. I actually yeah. cracked open a TI eighty four to look and see. Can I like make a new breakout <laughs> board for yes. USB C or whatever? Because I want to keep one USB C cable on my desk mm-hmm. and be able to plug in everything. 
Going I don't want to go fish around for another cable yes. or anything. I just want type one C. true standard. Type C, all the things. Yeah. What's wrong with all these standards? We that's should just make a new standard that that will rule them all. That's USB actually C. why I don't now mind there are, buying now there are laptop sixteen standards, right? That just right. has C ports on it. That is interesting. I'm I don't mind fine it. with it. It just sort of depends, though. I mean, also I the dongles aren't that expensive, and how much I spent on this laptop buying a twenty dollars dongle wasn't that much adding to the cost. That's how all of our ABC Corporation computers are now. That I've heard from the boys down at HQ. They said like we sent them a programmer and they uh they were like um i sorry i actually don't have a usb cable to plug this in but luckily you know i have a dongle but it's only usb c ports on their laptops yeah, yeah. so one of these ports i mean once a, a lot of stuff console. transitions from like us to usb c on the host side as well mm -hmm. you're good but we're still sort of in that intermediary ground where there's still a ton of usb a motherboards so have ps2 ports on I them know. Man. we're never I'd, gonna give I'd, up on old hardware no i'd rather Although have I know a some, and c i know yeah. some nerds who are really into old retro keyboards and they still buy motherboards with PS2 ports so they can use their retro keyboards. <laughs> Cameron. I, I still think having a serial port on a motherboard would be like a really good thing to have. So, so I remember Cameron at work would uh, used to I have his freaking IBM Model M keyboard that he would program on. I will say it was a delight to type on, but I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah his keyboard. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Listen, man, you got to get that genuine full full eh, full N key rollover. Come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good transition a to what point. I wanted to talk about. And that is someone, did you say you wanted to make a custom keyboard? Uh, my friend does, Ooh. and I'll probably do it for my next keyboard eventually. I don't know when that's going to happen, though. I want to make a custom keyboard. All right, Kyle's going to be the one. Well, Kyle, did you see what I sent in the chat with the um, the custom 3D printable keyboard? Uh, oh, the... It's called the 668. The 668. I think I did see that one, but there's another one, too, that I saw that oh. was super, super cool because it has, like, the built-in ergonomics into it. To where is it thumb, 3D printable? It is 3D printable, yes. Oh, nice. It is super cool. Because one of my I biggest... I don't run with ergo keyboards. One of my yeah. biggest gripes about a keyboard split. is why is your thumb your most flexible uh, and, you know, opposable finger only... Only on one button. Yeah, only for the space bar. Hey, man, that's not a problem for me because I'm a hunter and pecker. So <laughs> a hunter and pecker? No, yeah, that's dude. Bad. I'm going to quote you on that. You're never going to, you're you're not going to be able to change me. It's been I've, too many years. I think one I day it, you'll change. I honestly, I only I'm use like highly three. doubtful. My, like two or three fingers on each hand. I don't really, I never use my pinkies. I don't have dexterity in those fingers. How do you hold shift? Do you do it with your ring finger? That's a great question. I need to put myself in front of a keyboard to watch what I do. Honestly, I feel like typically I use my ring finger. Like even like <laughs> here, like, well, yeah, 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 no, no, Taylor showed me his keyboard and it's nothing like, cause it's a laptop keyboard. Yeah, I, so I have to have a full up. keyboard. I feel it. I need just a try keyboard too. Yeah, I feel like most of the time. Oh gosh, this is already, I hate <laughs> typing on laptop keyboards in general. I hate. I hate them too. Yeah, this is. See, this I, is I'm used. Weird. I can. I guess. Yeah, I've gone to the my, point where I can I switch. I can switch on the fly. Yeah, I so switch I, on the fly as well. Mm. So like, I can go from. Well, okay, Kyle's know. probably better because he's got a full size keyboard on his laptop. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, think, I think in general, I just, I'm, Your I'm kind of in, uh, I'm in the same boat as Ian that I've just oh, been typing that way for so long. Too. And I have tried, <laughs> I think it's like a yearly occurrence for me to be like, today's the day where I'm going to finally, I'm going to learn to teletype. I'm going to do the whole home row thing. I'm going to type for like two hours and then I'll do it. And I'll just be like, all right, I'm kind of getting used to this. And then I like go to enter a password or I have to like go write something. And I'm like, I can't slow yeah. my words per minute back to like two just to type correctly. And I, I never have the patience for it. That's so it, it's never going to work for me. Maybe Thanks, someday. I sort of really hate it. I typed fast enough with I, decent enough accuracy. I don't Why care. is my right thumb only on the space bar? 
<laughs> yeah, so I want to get into split boards. I think split uh, keyboards are really cool. They're really ergonomic. They I keep think it's your weird. They keep your so the whole point of them is that they because like yeah, doing this is not good for you and stuff. And yeah, I get it. <laughs> like having your your hands all like tightly close together and like on because like I I have a sixty five percent keyboard. I have a tiny. It is not much bigger than my laptop keyboard. And like I know you guys are like cringy and like oh that's terrible. I like them. I, I like the minimalism. About that minimalist life. I yeah. like the minimalism of a. But of the problem a, a is, is that or a ten key list. But oh man, I'm a big I man. I want <laughs> I want my full size keyboard. I need yeah. my numpad. I yeah. need my like extra function. Well, they make a full size. I never use that. them. Oh man, you gotta I, get on I've that. I've just got the memorized thing. location of like alt print screen and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I love my macro keys, even though I never use them. I still want to have macro keys. Yes, I love my macro keys, dude. I use them daily, Trying? hourly. Minutes. I did actually use them more often at work for certain things, yes. like building compile or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, macro for that shit. Why I have a I gonna... dedicated compile button on my keyboard. Yeah, yeah exactly. F seven is the compile one in uh, in our in our uh, software that we use. So yeah. I use that all the time. F seven is compile. F eight is batch build, dude. It's so convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I couldn't live without function keys at work. Web developer noises. My code mm. hot reloads when I save. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at you being so special, not programming and not compiling shit. I see you. You're not well, using WebAssembly? The, pro the project I'm working on now is compiled because it's all Go, which I'll go mm. on a rant about in the next podcast. Let's hear about Go next time. Yeah, Ladies next and time. gentlemen, this has been the Casual Coders Podcast. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>